Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back into another edition of Jake's Takes. I'm your host, Jake Masucci, and we are on episode 50. Episode 50, man. I'm, this is awesome. It's flat out awesome. Unbelievable that we got this far. Um, I remember starting this beginning of the year, and um, I've gotten really through pretty much the whole year. We're on October. This is, I'm recording this October 22nd and 50 episodes down, and hopefully we'll be having a lot more in the future. So I'd like to thank everybody for helping out the show. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, do what you got to do help the podcast out. We're going to continue growing, continue trying and trying to do things. At the moment, I mean, I'm starting my basketball season. We had our first exhibition game last week and you know, my schedule's getting busier and busier, but I'm going to continue to try to get as many podcasts out as I can. Um looking at plan for the week, we've been doing a lot of just Mondays. Um this week we will have a Monday and a Thursday podcast this week. I do have a guest coming on later in the week, so stay tuned for that. Today, we are going to talk about some great Big Ten football. I mean, what a great great way to do episode 50 because we had some really good Big Ten football this week, and I figured I had to talk about it. The first Ohio State-Penn State game was, I mean unbelievable here unbelievable game it's just so many implications and so much that matters so i talk about that i start with the michigan michigan and michigan state game this game was pretty much a blowout but i did want to talk about the spygate stuff and i mean pretty much the the michigan sign stealing stuff so we talk about that a little bit and um talk about michigan football and you know stuff like that so Without further ado, I am going to cue the music. All right, welcome into the show, and I am super excited for this. This is episode 50, super pumped. Um, unbelievable that we've gotten this far. So, um, before I start talking about some college football, I'd like to thank everybody that's been a part of this. It's really cool. 50 is a really crazy number and, um, we've gotten there. So I'm super excited. I'm recording this Sunday, 6:30, and we got some college football to talk about. So I'm going to get right into it. Um, we got to talk about some of the games from yesterday and some of the games I really focused on. So let's start out with Michigan, Michigan state, because this is the big game. You know, you see a lot of, these are the two teams in Michigan. They really are the two teams where we come from. You either grow up a Michigan fan or a state fan. I talked about it a lot in the past, but, um, I am a Michigan fan and Michigan had a huge win in this one absolutely dominating 49 nothing before we get into the game I mean to start the game like you saw Hauser instead of state using signs with this sign stealing thing for Michigan Hauser would run to the sideline and get the play from one of the backup quarterbacks they had him whisper it in his ear I want to explain this 
science stealing thing a little bit. So the report was made by Ross Dellinger and um, Dan Wetzel both got the report. And the NCAA opened an investigation into Michigan over possible rule breaking around in-person scouting of opponents. NCAA alerted the Big Ten and it was confirmed by Yahoo Sports without revealing any crazy specifics or anything like that. So pretty much they had one of their video coordinators like laptop kind of taken and um, determined. So there is some evidence for it, but there's not a crazy amount of evidence that we know so far. So this stuff's kind of crazy, kind of weird. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people expected it to kind of affect Michigan in this game, but it had no effect on them. Michigan absolutely dominated this game from the start. And my reaction to this is I need to know more. Like, there's just a lot we don't know in this situation. And overall, like, I really think Michigan has made a great program and they've got great coaches on their staff. So I'm not going to make a judgment until I have more information on it on this. But um, this was shocking. It was flat out shocking. I, I was I was very shocked over it and a lot of. You know, you hear a lot of people that don't really like Michigan right away. They're like, oh, of course it was science stealing. It was always science stealing, blah, blah, blah. I need to know more information before I say anything on it. And I'm sure we'll get more information as they continue to kind of look into everything going on. But one thing I do want to say that I had a reaction to right away is I now believe that this will be Jim Harbaugh's last season as the coach of the Michigan Wolverines and it's very sad to say because when I started being a Michigan football fan Michigan was not in the place that they are now he has brought them back to prominence and back to big time football play they've been in the playoff now two straight years before this and it's looking like they possibly could get a third straight and I mean it's been unbelievable He has built this Michigan program. It's been flat out sensational. And I've been honored to be watching these teams. I think this is the best Michigan team they've had. And these past two years, I've said the same thing. Like JJ McCarthy is the best quarterback I've seen at Michigan. Dude's an outstanding quarterback. He is now the Heisman front runner in uh, the latest betting odds, which is unbelievable. That's unbelievable. So, I mean... Again, like I think JJ's great quarterback probably could be a first round pick this year, which is unbelievable. Blake Corum, crazy running back. He was in the Heisman watch last year. This Michigan team is really good. And you can say whatever you want about this sign stealing stuff. I mean, I I think Mich- this Michigan program has been unbelievable, but I really do think this is gonna be Jim Harbaugh's last season, no matter what happens. Because this is the second time the NCAA has been all over them wanting to make an investigation out of almost nothing. And again, we don't know. So there could be actually something here. We don't know exactly, but it seems like the NCAA is really trying to push Harbaugh out. And I think if Harbaugh gets his grasp on a head coaching job in the NFL, he'll take it right away. I mean, especially with like the Cowboys here, if the Cowboys lose first round in the playoffs, they'll probably fire Mark McCarthy, Mike McCarthy. And guess who they'll be looking at? They'll be looking at Jim Harbaugh. A lot of teams will be looking at a guy like Jim Harbaugh in the NFL. I mean, he was flirting with the Vikings for a long time when the Vikings 
head coaching vacancy was open. And I mean, you never know, maybe they will fire O'Connell after this year, even though I like O'Connell personally, but you know, Harbaugh will definitely be a name that a lot of NFL coaches, coaching staffs will be looking at. And I really do think that he's going to end up moving on and Michigan would hire kind of within the looking at an assistant coach. I mean, they could actually, Michigan's just such a high profile job that people might be willing to leave to or in order to get to Michigan. But we can't speculate over who the next coach will be until it actually happens. But my prediction is that he'll probably be gone after the season. I'm just hoping that he walks out with a championship. That would be the best way to walk out for me as a Michigan fan. We've been so close to getting there. We got to get that playoff win first, and then we got to get that championship in. I mean, I'll talk about Penn State, Ohio State later, but we got to get through those two first. Those two guys, like great teams right there going into Happy Valley and playing Ohio State. Again, that's kind of been the two-person schedule that a lot of people have been talking about. But let's switch over to the game. Again, I talked about it a little bit, but 49 nothing. Michigan came out and absolutely just dominated. J.J. McCarthy played unbelievable, was 21 for 27 passing, 287 yards and four touchdowns. And I'm going to be honest with you, I turned this game off at halftime. Like Michigan, I knew Michigan was going to absolutely smoke Michigan State. I went to the Michigan State-Washington game, and Washington just beat Michigan State over the top because Michigan State's secondary can't guard anybody. And that was the story of this game. J.J. McCarthy did the exact same thing that Michael Penix did to this defense. Absolutely torched them. I mean, Barner with eight receptions, 99 yards, a touchdown. Loveland with 79 yards receiving and two touchdowns. And, uh, I mean, just... A flat-out unbelievable game. Roman Wilson also with the touchdown. Michigan is just playing so well right now. They really are. This was the first game that they really came came out and did the first punch. They were all over it. They were really going. I think Michigan, personally, to me, is the number one team in the country. And again, I'm saying a lot of good things about Michigan. They haven't played their two main games yet. And their two main games are Penn State and Ohio State. And I'm going to talk about that game in a second, but I mean, that's really the story here. Like, Michigan State's just not not where they are. Again, we talked about the Mel Tucker situation a lot on this podcast. It's, it's just tough. I feel bad for Nathan Barrett, the coach. I mean, you know, it's a tough situation there. I actually do like Caden Hauser. I think he's a solid quarterback and has some good poise in the pocket. And if Michigan State fans are patient with him, he'll he could end up being a solid quarterback. But we'll see. I mean, Nathan Carter, tough. I mean, if I'm state, I'm really trying to find that head coaching job or find that head coach that can really bring this team back to where they were under Mark D'Antonio. But, you know, this game's always fun. There was a lot of hype around this game. It's just cool that it was going to be a night game at Michigan State. You would have hoped for a closer game, but, you know, it is what it is. Fun game. It's always a great rivalry. So, Michigan again, 49 to nothing. Um, All right, so let's move into the other great Big Ten game, and that was Ohio State and Penn State. And this game had a lot of Big Ten influence on this game. I mean, these two, so we talked about it all year. It was really a three-team race. You got Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Those are three teams, and 
basically these past few years, the tiers have been Michigan and Ohio State have been up here, like up here, and Penn State's been down here looking in, okay? And a lot of people were predicting that this was going to be the year that Penn State was going to step up, snatch it, and get back in. Um, I mean, we even had a few people on this podcast talk about it. Like Jonas Cerrone said that Penn State would be winning the Big Ten. Connor Benson said Penn State's going to be winning the Big Ten. Yeah, this it's going to be tough for them now. This is a tough loss to Ohio State. Ohio State sneaking out of this game 20-12. to And I want to talk about the defenses in this game because the defenses were all over the place. I have never seen an Ohio State defense that was this good in the secondary. Their coverage was unbelievable. They forced Drew Aller, who I credited for his composure earlier on this podcast, but they forced him to throw for 18 for 42 from the field. That's insane. That completion percentage is awful. Flat out awful. Like that is just a tough performance. He ended up with 191 yards and a touchdown, zero picks, but um, Penn State couldn't get anything going. Uh, Ohio State on the defensive line was all over Penn State's offensive line. Their tackle did impress me though. They have one of the best tackle prospects we've seen in a while, but um, I mean, both O-lines really struggled in this game, and that includes Ohio State's O-line. But um, the D-lines were just all over the place. There's so much speed on both ends. A guy that impressed me on Ohio State, um, I mean, I mean Marvin Harrison is unbelievable. But, that, like, Ohio State just has some pass rushers that are really impressive. I'm not going to say his name right, but J.T. Tilomolier is unbelievable. He's their DN number 44, and he was just all over the place. He had a sack in this game and was really making plays and just made it so difficult on this Penn State O-line. And this Penn State O-line, so here's the story with Penn State. Penn State had been covering all their games. They'd been playing really well. They've been doing great football. And the one question with Penn State is, can they make big plays? And the fact of the matter is, and this is what everybody overlooked, including myself, is that they hadn't been making big plays all game, all year. Uh, they only had one play of over 40 yards, and that happened in their first game against West Virginia. It was their first touchdown of the season. So we really overlooked that because no, none of their receivers could get open downfield. The difference in this game was that Ohio State had Marvin Harrison and Penn State did not have Marvin Harrison. That was the difference because these defenses canceled each other out. Ohio State's secondary was unbelievable. Penn State's secondary would match it and be almost better. Penn State made some great stops on fourth, and they had a great stop in the red zone on fourth and goal um, in the third quarter to keep it close. But, um, I mean, it was just back and forth all over the place. And the reason why Marvin Harrison was so big in this game, he had 11 receptions, 162 yards, and a touchdown. Like, this guy is just unreal. Kyle McCord is really trying to get him involved, and is he's doing great. He's doing great. Like, there's a lot of times where you'll see McCord, he'll make some throws where it's just like, it's iffy, it's okay. But the, in this game, which was so important, is they didn't turn over the ball. He didn't turn over the ball. Him and Aller protected the ball very well. And, <clears throat> I mean, you saw it, like, the receivers just didn't, didn't really help them at all and made it difficult. But I mean, I'm looking at Drew Aller and Kyle McCord. 
they're both above average quarterbacks to me and not great games in this one, but like it really came down to the weapons and Ohio state has the weapons. They have Marvin Harrison. They have Stover. They have Fleming. Ekbuka was out in this game, but Ohio state's always had those weapons. That's why a lot of people were high on them this year. But I also think it comes down to scheduling Ohio state. They played Notre Dame earlier this year. Penn state's best game was West Virginia and West Virginia's ended up becoming a good team. But again, it's tough when you don't schedule well, it is. And that's why I'm a little nervous for Michigan. I have been, um, you know, playing Penn state will probably be a shock to the system because it will be a great defense and they haven't really seen that yet. But, you know, if you're Michigan, you can't overlook Penn State when you play them. You can't overlook Ohio State. But, like, really, they would never overlook Ohio State. It's, it's Michigan-Ohio State, you know. But, really, it's going to come down to that Michigan-Ohio State game, I think. And that's assuming that Michigan can win in Happy Valley, which is a very difficult game. But I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Ryan Day has done a great job this year. I mean, great job. Being able to sneak out of that Notre Dame game was awesome. And then being able to sneak out of this Penn State game, another awesome one. I didn't think they'd win either of them. And now they're going to Wisconsin. That's going to be a tough game, tough environment. It's a 7.30 game next week. So, you know, another tough game. But I, I've i got confidence in the, this Ohio State team now. Kyle McCord looks a lot better than he did earlier this year. And I'm looking forward to it. Like the Big Ten's going to finish really fun. Like I'm super excited to see what's going to happen. Um, Michigan looks really good. They look like one of the best teams in the country. Ohio State and Penn State look really good. I think they have two of the best defenses in the country and really showed up in that game. You know, like it's just tough for Penn State. They don't have the receiving. And Drew Aller's young. Drew Aller's young. If I'm a Penn State fan, I still believe in Drew Aller. I'm still a Drew Aller guy. But, you know, it's just tough. You don't have the weapons. You really got to go after some receivers and try to to try to compete with those Michigans and um, Ohio States, you know. And you're, you got USC and UCLA coming over with Oregon. You know, like, it's the Big Ten's only getting better. So Penn State's got to keep up with the times, and they got to get better too. So, you know, I'm looking at the Big Ten, and this was just such a fun week. But um, I mean, looking at these these two games, I I still got Michigan as my favorite to come out of the Big Ten. Hello, hello. This is Giovanni Mosheri. You might have heard me a couple times on Jake's Takes. I am the sports media director of Oakland University's campus radio station, WXOU, and I've been the host for about two years of a weekly sports show called The Jomo Show, where we cover all of Oakland University athletics, including a weekly update on scores and highlights, as well as interviews with athletes or those otherwise involved in athletics. You can listen to The Jomo Show live on WXOU Thursdays at 6, or you can tune in to me afterwards on Spotify. It's The Jomo Show. All right, that is going to wrap up the show for today. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you haven't already, please go give us five stars on Spotify. Like the video on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Do what you got to do to help out the channel. It really helps out. Trust me, anything you guys do. And if you guys have any 
I mean, it is episode 50. So if you guys have any feedback for me, anything I could do better, please, you can text me. My number is 248-410-9500. You can also email me at mjmasucci at gmail.com. Please, I'll take any feedback. Um, I, I'm trying to make this the best podcast I can. I really am. So, and I can't do that without you guys. You guys really help it out. So, episodes 50, episode 50 is complete. And hopefully, we'll have 50 more good episodes. So, I'll see you guys later. Peace. Peace.